Feedback. It's time to check the feedback machine. It's probably about time that we heard back from the listeners, isn't it, Phil? We're that far in now. It's uh, time for their voices to be heard. Absolutely correct. It's integral, I guess, to, to the human hacker's approach to be able to get that interaction with the people that are listening to us and then also start to refine the content to match what that uh, that audience requires in. Well, that's what we're talking about the whole time, really, isn't it? Getting feedback. Well, we're, we're encouraging the listeners to, to get feedback and, and make that part of their evolution. So we're compelled to do the same, Phil. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, and, <laughs> and probably extending it out too, feeding that process, I suppose, is, is really what we're committing to with this podcast and, and all the other associated pieces to do with human hackers. Yeah, uh, is is the ability to, to utilise our existing networks and experience to to seek out and find uh, what it is that we need to find to actually satisfy that need that, that the people that are listening to us uh, have got. Exactly. So let's get into it, Phil. Now these are anonymous because you got a, we got a few. I didn't want to sort, sort of be naming the listeners. I'm not sure what we'll how we'll treat that in the future. But one of the questions was. Actually, a question I hadn't even thought about, but it's quite obvious, really. Does every manager need to be a leader? Well, this is, this is a classic debate, and I guess like like uh, we've reinforced before with hackers, it's I've got an opinion, you've got an opinion, the list has got an opinion, so we're just going to put our opinions out there and see what comes back. I, I think from my point of view, there's a I generally associate managers with uh, business process, I suppose. Mm. Uh, and, and doing all the due diligence around the associated tasks and so and so on that are required to run a business or to run any activity for that matter, um, all the admin that backs it up these days and the you know the regulatory requirements. Whereas leaders, I see more in the people space. So I suppose system process for managers and leaders uh, have got a more of a people orientation to them, yep. and it leads down the line of influence there. So. You know, it doesn't mean that the manager doesn't have leadership capability. I think the realities are for anyone to perform a role towards the top of an organisation, there's there's got to be a bit of both. And and that's where trying to put it into boxes these days, this whole boxing thing, uh, that does my head in because it's not the way the world works. The world is a way more integrated thing than than just having things in boxes. And, and when we try to box them up, I think it creates – more disconnect and certainly seriously inhibits performance. Yeah, it sounds like the question might be from a manager, um, and <laughs> it might be from a manager in IT or or some some tech space. Because I guess that's the thing too that the roles have changed. Um, you know, managing a team, you don't necessarily need to have. Um, I'm sure there's a, a you know a bunch of people in. Silicon Valley and some of the bigger tech companies that probably don't consider themselves people, um, you know, lovers of people and, and good at interacting with people, but they're managing a team of techies. You know, they may just be, mm. you know, the least introverted of the techies that they're <laughs> in, the, in their group. And, and it's like, right, you're the manager. Yeah, I, you know, I think the, the, other, the other thing to be careful of too is, again, even talking about managers in IT uh, it's still got a bit of stereotype, a bit of boxing in it too. Yeah, and you know, I think that's that's the that's the biggest thing to break down. We've got to get past this thing that we've got number one a position in the structure that somehow gives us some specialness. <laughs> it's just another role at a different level. 
Yep. Um, and the same as the newest person in the organization can have the greatest impact, so can the, the person that's at the top of the hierarchy. Um, and so I guess my view of the world is, is a way flatter view. Now, I don't believe the earth's flat, but the, the actual the hierarchy, it's just I see it as a group of people who have a particular function to play and it's how we start to bring those functions together in a synergistic fashion that really starts to generate the results. And so, yes, okay, they might be the, the CEO or the general manager or they might be the newest person on the block. The realities are it's how that all gets linked up and whether we're talking about functional aspects of management or functional aspects of leadership, all of those things, the whole lot, all belong together in one mix. And so if we go in thinking we can box it up and just look at that one bit yeah. or we're just going to play one of those roles or one of those functions in the organisation, I think we're, we're in, in danger of, of not really getting what we need out of our performance, out of our team, and ultimately, you know, out of our life and, and the organisation's life. Yep. Well done. Next question. So we've got, how do you see new technologies affecting leadership and leaders? Well, there's a whole series, Phil, but um, how do we feel about that one? Well, technology is, we've talked about this before or alluded to it before, it's an enabler. So the technology allows us to communicate, allows us to get efficiency within current system process yep. or in the communication sense, obviously, between people, between organisations. So the the technology is just largely an enabler. It's how we, how we choose the platform to match the nature of the individuals. Um, so, you know, some people are going to use things like Facebook or closed groups, others will use Slack, et cetera, and the, you know, the myriad of other platforms that are out there that, that people are, are into. Um, it depends on the nature of the people that are using it. It depends on, the, you know, probably a large extent the familiarity with the technology irrespective of age. It's just you've got to find something that matches the nature of the organisation as a tool to support the communication. So technology is not, you know, the, the be-all and end-all in terms of you have to have the technology. You have to have something that allows the communication to occur, allows the communication to occur, allows the creativity to turn up. And it's how we use those tools, whether it's, you know, graphic design tools, whether it's, you know, web creation tools of, of some form, whatever it is, it's the tools that enable the human to perform. Yep. It's not something that controls and dictates what the human does. It's something about enabling us to perform. And even task management systems are in that category as well. You know, being driven by a task management system blindly rather than understanding that we work in a, dynamically changing environment and it's critical we're situationally aware of what that environment is and we understand and accept that as that environment changes there's a fair old chance it's going to affect you know what we need to do in that environment how we need to react to it and i think there's a danger of things like task management tools where they are going to put us in a you know a tick box mentality which narrows down our thought process probably stifles creativity and makes us more of a robot and, you know, overall, Hackers is about celebrating the the nature of humans, being unpredictable, being uncertain, being willing to step up, wanting to, you know, withdraw, wanting to engage. It's There's a, a fundamental uh, desire there, from my point of view, to actually explore those spaces and celebrate them and use things like technology to support them rather than actually control them. Yeah, and one of the things I've learned along the way is that sometimes you can have the, the wrong 
piece of technology in place, you thought it was a good idea, but being able to listen to your people and get their feedback on it is critical and that's what all good leaders do. They listen to their people and they, they make uh, changes as a, as a collective and technology is one of those things, yeah, that you can, as you say, Phil, you know, you can get tied down by it. It, it ceases to be an enabler. It's, it's a blockage and, oh, you know, whatever piece of technology you're talking about, you know, whereas whether it's a CRM or a CMS or any of those acronyms that we, we put in place, um, yeah, it's, a, it's an amorphous um, thing, you know, to, to manage as an organisation. So, wow, this is, uh, this is good, getting, getting questions from the listeners. It is, and probably the other thing too is that that little spontaneous episode that we put up the other week, you know, the six key points that the the Harvard Business Review uh, researchers come up with mm. are really all focused around, uh, the first five are really focused around uh, supporting and providing some framework for direction around human performance. Yep. And the sixth one is about extending and expanding the capability of the individual as a leader. So ultimately those six things in that, quote, leadership category uh, were about literally supporting and then extending and developing. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a fundamental principle. The problem is a lot of people that I see, and I've been in the same boat myself in different structures, uh, get caught up in, in the process, caught up in the detail, uh, fail to get the right levels of situational awareness, and it becomes an arduous, draining and sometimes demoralising task to be in a leadership or a management role. Mm. And, you know, there's only one person responsible for getting out of that, and that's the individual themselves, to get step out, get the right perspective and understand what they need to do. And the funny thing is the place they need to look first is themselves in the sense of understanding what it is that they're not getting right or they're not feeling good about and how they need to shift that. As they develop that understanding about themselves, they can then extend that out to actually understanding other people in the team and start to be more adaptable and flexible and agile around that in order to develop the opportunities for those people as well. And then all of a sudden, synergy turns up. As soon as they remove the blockages, synergy turns up. It's not as though we're not capable of synergy. It's something that will turn up when we remove the blockages. Most of what we do these days is about supporting and effectively putting in place blocks trying to structure too much rather than actually releasing and allowing things to occur. Wowzers. You're listening to Human Hackers. Stick around. I guess the, the, the next question is an interesting one. It probably goes to more the influence side of your uh, your segment, Phil, which is, does a leader need power? Another interesting question. I think <laughs> my, answer, my answer to that one is no. Yep. Uh, don't tell. Don't tell me you've got a one a one word answer to a question, Phil. Well, I can do it. Yeah. Okay. No. There we go. Right. Thanks everyone for coming. <laughs> it's uh, the end of the segment. I can't do one word answers. You know that. <laughs> um, it's a bit like trust and respect. Trust is something, you know, they say you've got to earn trust, but the reality is, are you driving along the road, you know, parallel to, to 
to another party on the road in the opposite, traveling the opposite direction, and you're both doing 100 kilometers an hour or more. It's a fair bit of trust you're placing in the ability of the driver that's only probably two meters separation from you traveling at that sort of speed. And if those two cars impact, you can have both can have a very bad day. So trust is something that, that we, we grant people, I suppose. Um, and respect is something that tends to be earned over time. Uh, you know, once you've, you've trusted people, you tend to probably have a respect for them, a consistent way of thinking, feeling and behaving, a bit like personality. It, it allows you to have uh, trust and then respect once you start to understand the person more. And I think power and influence, I think ultimately influence is what we're after and power is something that we're granted. So in other words, and probably influences to an extent. So if I choose to take direction of someone, I'm choosing to allow them to tell me what to do. Now, if they're going to come in over the top and, and be powerful and tell me I have to do that now, do it immediately, and I choose to do that, that's something I'm granting them the right to do. Influence is a little bit more insidious and in that it's something that develops similar to respect over time where we, we, we go out and we we actually start to develop a relationship. It's a bit like the trust piece in the first in the first instance. We develop that relationship. Yep. And then what happens over time as the, the trust turns into respect, through that, it enables influence. Ultimately, what we're looking to do as a leader is get people to act in a certain way or carry out certain tasks. So if we can do that through influence, it comes from a way more grounded place than it does where we have to use power to get the same thing done. The other thing is with power as soon as you remove the source of power, that is the person that's choosing to use the power, what generally happens to the people that are left behind is they go and do what they would normally like to do mm. rather than necessarily what they're supposed to do, according yeah. to the person that had the power. So, you know, it's a bit like while we're being watched, um, we behave ourselves in terms of what we eat and drink, for perhaps something like that. And then when we get that moment, we're on our own and we're driving down the street and we see the bakery, we might choose to drop it and just buy something that we wouldn't normally buy if someone was with us at the time. Yep. It's like we get it. That's a natural human tendency to do that. And power and influence are a bit the same. Influence is longer term and sustainable, whereas power is something that requires energy, direction and control. And that energy, direction and control in lots of ways starts to inhibit the performance of both parties as well and becomes a major energy drain. When you when you explain it like that, um, and well well laid out, um, it really makes it takes the the word power really shifts. Power in that context, when you put it next to influence, almost means powerless. Um, mm. Because. Yeah, influence is just so such a strong. Um, it's just just a, it's a it's a, a a powerful. You know, here you go. I'm going to explain it as powerful, but it but it's the collaboration aspect of influence, the vulnerability aspect of influence. I find fascinating because that's really when you can move mountains within an organisation, and when you when you're leading a group of people. You can really get a fantastic consensus, and everybody's on board, and and you're moving in the same direction. This idea of you know dictatorial power, um, you know, can can work in various different ways, but it's not a sustainable thing. 
it's it's often just a quick fix. And the funny thing is, underneath all that, there's a, a certain, you know, any action we take, there's invariably emotion behind it. And so if you start to look at the emotional side of this in terms of influence versus power, it's a different, it's using different tools. And mm. and anything that involves a significant uh, control factor and, and you know, I guess emotions that are, are more about uh, the edgier emotions. It's more about the the control. I'll tell you what to do, and it also implies a less than optimal relationship between the two parties. Anything that's in that space, which sort of fits into more of a power direction type category, yep. is going to cause a drain. It's going to be harder to sustain. And with all the research these days, it's also indicating it's probably going to have a direct effect on your health and well being as well, uh, which a lot of these people don't realise till too late. Whereas the influential aspect of it, the influence aspect of it, is more about more constructive emotions, I guess, and and that tends to support both parties. So what you end up with, with constructive emotion, it seems to be an abundance of energy, whereas with the the the, the less constructive, more defensive emotion, um, it tends to be more about a decline of energy, mm. and so. Ultimately, the the power tool versus the influence tool, and you know, people are going to debate this, and there's going to be a heap of people listening right now. They're going to disagree with what you or I or both of us are saying, and that's okay. You're entitled to your opinion. Are you saying that question, question time is going to like breed more questions? Oh, it probably will, and that's good. That's what it's all about. <laughs> it's not about it's not about hearing what you always heard because you you'll probably never change your view of the world. It's about hearing something different and maybe applying some of that in you know in a daily practice. You know, taking it to work, taking one point out of this conversation and trying it at work. Yeah. Being brave enough to be seen at work to be more influential rather than power based. Because uh, I can guarantee there's a whole lot of other things sitting behind that as well. So, I guess all I'm saying is the the emotional piece that fits with the action that we take if we're in that influence mindset versus a power mindset is a big piece of this equation. And because intrinsically they're all linked up and they all interact with one another, it really does take some time and some observation of our own behaviour and the behaviour of others to start to even come close to beginning to understand what all the contributing factors are and then learning how to shift some of those factors to create a different outcome. But certainly the the influence line versus the power line, influence is way more sustainable because it's got its own almost, you're creating an energy cycle via the emotion that makes it more self-sustaining. Whereas in the power cycle, you're tending to get more drain and you have to put more energy into it to make it work. And that's why the influence line is a better way to go versus the power line. It ties in beautifully with our episode in the challenges of finding your identity about purpose Mm. that emotional charge and alignment with your purpose and your why and that driving you and being the sustainable piece that that keeps you keeps you going you know and 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 motivates the people around you well it's extending it out to into the online space and so you've got uh you know taking these principles and then saying well how do i make that manifest online um, and, and that's that's another part of it. How do we get that influence online? So, you know, again, we come back to the same basic principles every time. It comes back to, you know, let's look at ourselves first and look at those around us and understand the human components here. And it links into the technology question from before as well from the listener, that 
you know, you start to understand those fundamental pieces ourselves and others around us. And then you start to look to, to use everything else to support those fundamental practices. Mm. Because if it's something we have to actively change to do as a human or we're controlled to do, invariably we're not supporting the natural human tendencies. So it's, it's a matter of getting that understanding at the base level first and then we start to build things around it. That takes a lot of observation and in some ways it takes a fair bit of discipline to step back, uh, to gain that awareness. And then most importantly, and this is the bottom line with all these things, otherwise it's just a talk fest, is to take the action steps you need to to move that forward. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. God, I hope the the person who um, asked this question is listening to this. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's even clearer in my mind, you know, having having that question asked and then explaining it specifically. So, yeah, I think this is going to be a, a valuable segment. Thanks, Phil. And, and again, encourage more people to put uh, put their, their messages and questions in there, I guess, and to, to understand more about what this is about and for us to get a chance to express our views, I suppose, whether they be right or wrong. Um, but the, the key is to get that, that stimulus, that engagement, and expand the thinking uh, in order to uh, create new opportunities and, you know, whether that for be, be business, which will ultimately, I guess, feed our, uh, our home lives as well. Brilliant, Phil. Once again, thank you. Thanks, Ian. You're listening to Human Hackers. 